I'm Allie Gertz. And I'm Julia Prescott. And, and everything's, everything's Coming, coming Up Podcast. Uh, this episode is brought to you um, by Pomo. Uh, <laughs> postmodern. Eh, weird for the sake of weird. It's also brought to you by Rectify, as seen in trailer form on the FXX app. If you try to watch The Simpsons World, <laughs> Rectify, the best show you're not watching yet. <laughs> I've seen that trailer about seven times. I actually uh, just, it, like, everything kind of glazed over and I stopped seeing it. Really? You see something so much and then you stop yeah. seeing it. That's where I'm at at this point watching it. For FXX. me, I'm in, like, full number 23 mode where I see it everywhere. <laughs> Is when you look at me, are you seeing? It yes. Too? <laughs> uh, so no. to, oh, you mm. can talk. <laughs> Today we are joined by Dana Gould. <laughs> Hello. Yeah. Who tried to talk before he was allowed to? I know. I apologize for that. Is wow. Rectify a spinoff of Justified? Oh, it should be. Well, everyone has Southern accents. Listen, I don't care to watch the show. I'm just okay. a fan of the trailer. <laughs> All right. <laughs> no, it's just like they—they're hammering it in at every commercial break. That's all. I get it. And I think that the best show you're not watching yet is a really weird way to get people to watch your show. Yeah. Advertising the fact that you're failing. Exactly. <laughs> Um, Dana, have you heard of The Simpsons? <laughs> You're sitting Are in you? it. Oh. <laughs> wow, this is pretty good. <laughs> Explain. Uh, <laughs> we're in my house that I bought with money I paid for. No. No, that'd be a horrible way to get that. We're in my house that I paid for with money I earned working on The Simpsons. A lot of people think I make my money mostly by doing sets at UCB. Right. That actually is not the case. Wow. That's yeah. amazing. You have to do something when the sun is up. Yes. If you want to make real money. Yeah. Yeah. And it's past 1985. Yeah. Mm -hmm. If you want to make real money indoors, you have to be awake during the day. I just love, if you want to make real money indoors mm -hmm. if you want to make real money outside that opens up a, completely a whole different other world yep. yeah <laughs> so here you're here to talk to us about homer the mo which is an episode you wrote yes it's the first episode i wrote oh man yeah because you were kind of deciding between two episodes yes of the many i wrote i care about two of them <laughs> <laughs> and uh yeah homer the mo well you how I got the show is is a very interesting story, but this is neither the time nor the place. <laughs> oh, man. We just had that joke in the last episode. Oh, the, no. The, the Homer the heretic uh, yeah. when, when Lisa starts praying and Bart says, Lisa, this is neither the time nor the place. Well, I guarantee you that was written by George Meyer. Yeah, and it was. when I said what I said, I was channeling George Meyer right. because <laughs> that's the kind of joke George Meyer would say. Mm -hmm. My maybe my favorite joke that George Meyer came up with of the many mm -hmm. was in the episode The Parent Rap, where they're in court and Homer asks if he can I'm not doing it perfect justice, but something to the effect of this happens. Uh, Homer asks Judge Constance Harm if he could bring in a surprise witness, and she says, it's a little out of the ordinary, so no. <laughs> I love that. That is a 100% that George Meyer joke. Um, I was uh, just working as a comedian, and I had written 
Um, I'd been, I'd had several deals for pilots based on myself, mm -hmm. uh, you know, cause I was talent and, uh, and, uh, so a very funny Simpsons writer named Jace Richdale wrote, uh, the pilot Dana. Yeah. That, <laughs> was that, there an exclamation point? Cause you was said not. it with an exclamation <laughs> there was point. Not. I, I argued strongly for a semi <laughs> semicolon at the end of it. <laughs> Uh, that that was uh, that didn't go, and then uh, uh, there was Linwood Boomer who created uh, Malcolm in the Middle. Mm -hmm. uh, before that, he created um, a pilot with me that I named Nice Try, <laughs> which in retrospect might not have been the best name. Right, right. Um, and and uh, and I had done a, a lot of those, and as I've nice said, at, yeah, I know, I have the mug somewhere. <laughs> I'm just imagining Variety saying it, and the shows that will not be picked yeah, up. The appropriately named <laughs> Nice Try. Nice try. <laughs> uh, and then um, I wrote a pilot uh, that did get made, but it didn't get picked up, called World on a String. And mm -hmm. it was basically, uh, now we're in about, um, we're at about 1995 or six. Um it was the it was basically uh, Seinfeld and it meets Pee Wee's Playhouse. It was like uh, a traditional sitcom and a hyper reality. Oh, awesome! Um, yeah, it was great. It was really great, and it should have got picked up, and it didn't. Right. Um, and that happens a lot. But like Kevin McDonald from Kids in the Hall played yeah. my reflection. Oh, oh my uh, god! So we'd have long conversations in the morning when mm -hmm. I was getting ready. It was just that sounds so fun. It was great. Yeah. It was great. It should have gone. Me and it sad didn't. and angry. Yeah. yeah. Well, now you know how. Oh, you feel should write a show time. called Sad and Angry. Right. And that was and, and and that was created with me and Jay Kogan, former Simpsons mm -hmm. writer. So I, I I'm very close to the group, but you know I, I was not on the show, but I knew a lot of people. Right, right. Um, after World on a String, um, I decided that I really liked writing uh, as, and I actually enjoyed it more than acting. Mm -hmm. uh, the acting part wasn't as fun as sitting in the office with Jay and coming up with ideas and, yeah. and writing it. Um, so, and at the time I had just, um, met the woman that I was going to, to marry and we had bought a house and, uh, I'd been doing stand up for a long time at that point, And I thought the idea of like, just being a writer and doing stand up would be really great. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I'll do stand up when I feel like it and I'll, and I'll write on a show. And I ended up working on a show called stark raving mad that, uh, was created <laughs> by Steve Levitan who, mm -hmm. who went on to create modern family. When they leave me, they do great. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, <laughs> And then when Stark Raving Mad went off, now we're in about 1999 um, or 2000, um, uh, George Meyer, who was running The Simpsons, Mike Scully was running The Simpsons at the time, and George Meyer was sort of running it with him mm -hmm. with a, without an official title. I don't know the exact right. way they did it, but they yeah. were, it, was very, it was a very Kirk and Spock relationship. <laughs> um, uh, George was a a fan of my stand-up. He used to see me at these shows called Uncabaret, which used to be... I think they're bringing it back, aren't they? Or in some iteration? It is back yeah. in some iteration downtown, but this was in West Hollywood at a club called Luna Park, which is at Robertson and Santa Monica. And that was the the epicenter of the alternative comedy thing much in, talked in the, about on podcasts yeah. yeah yeah it was it was in mainly the marins <laughs> yeah i'm sure it was in the 90s and it was well he wasn't here then it was um it was me uh andy kindler bob odenkirk david cross kathy griffin uh janine garofalo mark was in new york at the time um 
uh, he pioneered the East Coast version. Mm-hmm. No, I'm credit where credit is due. <laughs> yeah. But uh, um, but this was the West Coast version, and George uh, said, "Would you be interested in coming to The Simpsons a day a week?" And just like punching up jokes, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Yeah, that would be awesome." Because yeah. I went to the Simpsons on Tuesday, and then I could go on the road Wednesday to Saturday, so I could still do stand up. And I did that for about six months, and it took me about five months to figure out how to do it, mm-hmm. right? Because the math is different. the The math of how they write jokes is different, mm-hmm. uh, and it took me a while. Uh, but then uh, I, I figured it out, and then one day I was sitting in there, and Mike Scully. Uh, came in and I was just sitting at the table and he goes, Hey, I think your contract's up. And I started gathering up my stuff <laughs> like, Oh, I'm so sorry. And then he just said, you want to just come in every day? Oh and I said, God. I said, yeah. What a great and, he, dude. and he said, uh, this is why he's the greatest dude. Mm-hmm. He said, all right, I'll, uh, I'll call your agent. And he just went sucker. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, great. and then I, you know, I stayed there for seven years. Yeah. Um, Man, yeah. that's great. Um, what, I was going to say, what a great way to enter a show, too, that you kind of like took a baby step into it, that you kind of, you know, coming in as like a full-time writer for it, you already knew the basic rhythms of it. Or at least, yeah, yeah. And, it took a, and it takes a long time because it is different. I remember the first joke I actually got in a script mm-hmm. was an episode called Homer the Drudge, um, where he ended up on the island, uh, on the village from the prisoner. Yeah. And uh, and Patrick McGowan came in and voiced the prisoner. It's when Homer had a, a gossip column like Matt Drudge. Oh, yeah. And um, at the end, when Homer was escaping, they sent the big balloons after him like they did <laughs> in The Prisoner. Mm-hmm. And then Homer just popped the balloons with hairpins. And uh, and then somebody turned to somebody else and said, why did you put, uh, why do we use balloons as a security device? And we sat there for <laughs> like 45, 50 minutes <laughs> trying to come up with a joke. And then finally I said, shut up, that's why. <laughs> And that's, yep. that's what made it in. So uh, that was the first joke I got. And then when it came time to do a script, um, the the first one that I wrote was was Homer the Mo, mm-hmm. and that is it's basically based on my dad, who um, when I was very young, actually before I have any memory of it, um, realized that in Massachusetts there was a there was a a loophole in the liquor license that if you had a private club, mm-hmm. you could get a liquor license. So you didn't have to apply. There was oh, some weird loophole. Yeah. And so my father and a couple of his friends um, uh, rented this structure, a barn-like structure, mm-hmm. and that became uh, the Nip Muck Rod and Gun Club, which was <laughs> on... on Lake Nipmuc. That's N-I- incredible. N-I-P-M-U-C. Yeah, yeah. And um, I was, was imagining a- commas between those words. <laughs> I don't know why. I uh, just felt like the, it needed it. Some kind of Indian thing. Yeah. And, uh, um, you know, it was a hunting and fishing club. There was mm-hmm. a, it was the lake, and they stocked the lake, and they had fish in the lake, and they had bow and arrow uh, mm-hmm. archery targets, and, mm-hmm. and, and, uh, and, a, and, a, and a little playground for kids who had to go to bars with their parents and that's how i got oh, this scar man. in 1968 God, another time uh, <laughs> bring it back yeah my memories of the 60s as i got oh this, this scar oh, no. from walking into a swing oh, that was a loaded swing um oh, uh, no. and loaded so swing. 
I wanted to uh, do a, a show about um, Homer taking over mm-hmm. Moe's and because I have a lot of uh, experience in bars as a child, we were talking before we started recording about going to Disneyland all yeah. the time. When I was a child, the odds of going to Disney World were, because I lived on the East Coast, mm-hmm. were uh, right up there with going to the moon. <laughs> mm-hmm. So now that I actually can go to one of the parks, I go all the time. Because what, what we would do for fun as a child was my father would say to my brothers and I, you guys want to go in the truck? <laughs> and uh, we had a green that's like a real dad there yeah we had a green chevy pickup dad. truck uh flatbed you guys uh, want to go in the truck and we would yeah yeah and we'd get in the back of the truck and then he would drive to the nipmuc rod and gun club and we're like hey that's still fun actually oh, <laughs> but then we're like oh now our saturday's here yeah, uh, yeah. he wasn't leaving so right. I, you know, which is actually it's not the opposite of Disney World. It's, yeah. not, it's reality world. Oh, man. The animatronic hall of regret. <laughs> if your mother wasn't pregnant, I could be right, playing right. professional baseball. Where all the ba- barflies have like no life in their eyes, just like those animatronic robots. That's exactly that true. Perfectly. Yeah, they yeah. have the same. They have the. They have the same sense of empathy as the Lincoln animatron. <laughs> yes, but, absolutely. But um. So that was my uh, my idea for uh, for the episode, and uh, we had um, Mo goes back to bartending school. Homer takes over um, Mo's, and then that was all. That was easy. Mm-hmm. Um, the second act, Mo came back, changed the bar into M. <laughs> which was an upscale Ian Schrager type bar mm-hmm. based on the W Hotel in New York and my specific experience of being in the men's room of the W Hotel <laughs> and not knowing I was in the men's room of the W Hotel. <laughs> because the men's room at the W Hotel in New York was just a room with a waterfall that started about six feet off the ground and went into a trough. <laughs> and I literally didn't know where I was. <laughs> and then a guy came in and started pissing in the waterfall. And then the wall opened up and a guy came out of a stall. Oh my God. But it was an orgasm of form <laughs> over function. How do they get away with that? And that's such a great, like, early Portlandia sketch. <laughs> yeah, I literally, and I'm not, it, you know, the, uh, this was, uh, you know, 2000. Mm-hmm. I didn't know I was in the bathroom. Yeah. Uh, and then a guy started pissing on the wall. Uh, so that, and then that became the second act. And then, in, and then the third act that I originally pitched, I don't even remember what happened, but it got thrown out. I think they ended up, they were like playing hockey in the third act. And then mm-hmm. um, we didn't know what to do. And Mike Scully and George Meyer and I sat down in the room and we came up with them going hunting. Mm-hmm. The great thing about working on the show that uh, I realized um, is, and, and, you know, I, what the show really did for me as a writer was teach me, um, how to work the form to its, uh, really work the form. Yeah. And the way the Simpsons is structured is the first act is essentially a freestanding sketch. That mm-hmm. has nothing to do with your story. Mm-hmm. Your second <laughs> act, 
Yes, mm-hmm. I agree. It's the best. Uh, and I'll tell you my favorite example of it. My se- the second act is the beginning of the story. And then the third act, you turn as hard as you possibly can without breaking it. Mm-hmm. But that was really something that George and Mike specifically were really sticklers on. Like, it's not turned enough. It's not right. turned enough. And, and and Mike and I... my. Um, I the the what I did after I left The Simpsons was I um, ended up doing a pilot for ABC based on the concept of what if my father came to live with my wife and my children, mm-hmm. uh, in which I played uh, myself and Brian Denny. He played my father, mm-hmm. and uh, Trailer Howard played my wife. And uh, it didn't uh, go to series, but it was picked up. And I Mike Scully ran it with me. It was oh, like awesome. it was only yeah I. They said, like, you can't run the room and star in the show. So mm-hmm. uh, it was like, and George by that time had moved to Seattle. So it was Mike. I, mm-hmm. it, it was really no, it wasn't even a choice. It was like, well, if he can't do it, I don't think we can do it. Right, right, um, right. Yeah, I, yeah, he's just uh, just the the greatest. And, uh, um, but uh, somehow R.E.M. came into the episode. <laughs> yeah, I was going <laughs> to ask. This is, at what yeah. stage? Yeah, I think it was late. Uh, uh, R- yeah, Ari. If I can remember all of the things Somehow, about this episode, R-E-M. I totally forgot about that. REM is uh-huh. in it. It is the first on-screen suicide uh, in the history of the show. That was, uh, that was brutal. Another yeah. George Meyer joke uh, mm-hmm. was uh, uh, Moe's bartending instructor, uh, based on George Plimpton, mm-hmm. uh, was uh, tells Moe that he's dying. <laughs> and just and and that whole thing it's just like George would get these ideas and he just like he just loved the idea of someone saying in the middle of a conversation I'm dying. He just, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's so great just, and dramatic and perfect. Yeah, I'm dying mo. And then we had him the, then that came and then we had him c- commit suicide. That came later. And I remember uh after the table read uh Matt Groening walked up to me and said 13 seasons without a suicide. Thanks a lot. <laughs> but I'm sure he said it in a really jolly fashion. Oh, no, he was no, he was not. Holding a bagel. Yeah, he yeah. was he no, he no, was I, I, yeah. yeah. If he was unhappy with it, I would have known. Yes. Um, uh, I would have learned before the table read. Right, 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 right. Uh, but uh no, and and that was really fun and then at some point REM came in. <laughs> But at it this was, point too, I mean, uh, they yeah, played yeah. in the garage. Oh, yeah, no, they played in the gar- they played in the garage because Homer, when Mo opened up M, Homer opened up a a bar in his garage, mm-hmm. and that was based on the Netmuck Rod and Gun Club. And I believe uh, there is a uh, I believe there's a sign in the garage that is based on the sign over the bar mirror at the Netmuck Rod and Gun Club, which is a completely. Uh, <laughs> And then when the episode aired, I uh, had to explain to my father that it was based. Like, he didn't even see it. It's like, oh, God, I was like that's based on my club. What do you mean? Yeah, well, you know, of course. Huh? But it wasn't in the garage. No, I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't look like that. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. not, you, you wouldn't wear that hunting. Yeah, and also explaining what was precious, or not precious, but like really memorable about your childhood to your parents that did it to you is like yeah. not a great conversation anyway. No, certainly not. <laughs> they completely yeah. blank out. Yeah, certainly in my childhood where I, I compare my family to the Manson family, and mm-hmm. at least the Mansons had a ranch. 
They um, seem to enjoy each other's company. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they get along. Yeah. Uh, they, they had problems with other people, but the right, exactly. got on great. They were a core group. They yeah. were really strong. Yeah, they really were. And made the most out of buckskin. <laughs> That's look, one thing you hear all the time about the Manson picture. Charles Manson's arrest photo, there's two things you learn. One, he's only 5'4". Mm. He's, he was a Shetland person, as mm-hmm. Rob Schneider would say. <laughs> As, or as I would say, by candy standards, fun size. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and he's wearing a full head-to-toe buckskin outfit. Wow. Yeah, hmm. made the most out of some buckskin, Charles yeah. Manson. that's a good look. Uh, so with R.E.M., did you, because this, by this season, of course, the Simpsons had established themselves as, you know, kind of an open-door policy for celebrities that wanted to come in. Did right. you feel pressured to bring in a celebrity band? Or... Do you like R.E.M.? I love like R.E.M. I know, I lo- that's the thing, I love R.E.M. specifically R. M. ask for R.E.M.? <laughs> no. But I think if memory serves, and I could be completely wrong, I think it was R.E.M. said they want to do the show. Hey, maybe we can have them play in the garage. Is that the way it normally happens? Sometimes and sometimes not. Um, I'll tell you some good examples of it. Not you might have already been told them. You can edit them out. (laughs) Um, I had a joke ready for (laughs) Mike Stipe. Yeah. Michael Stipe. Um, <laughs> I knew Mike Mills because mm-hmm. Mike Mills uh, used to go to Uncabaret a lot. Okay. Oh, so I, I, and, uh, so I knew Mike Mills and they all came in and I said, I had my joke ready. And mm-hmm. I said to Michael Stipe, I said, all right, Mike, uh, this is a recording studio. Don't be intimidated. <laughs> yeah. uh, and he was like, okay. Oh, I'm like, no, oh. just utterly That bone, was the test. Bone dry, humorless. <laughs> Damn it. Yeah, uh, he failed. Uh, yeah. And then, yeah, he spectacularly <laughs> failed. Oh, no. And uh, yeah, it was somewhat spectacular, Mike's failure. Well, um, one of the best experiences. And Mike's, Mike Mills was behind me, like, uh-huh. shaking me off like a pitcher, shaking Aww. off a pitcher. <laughs> He's not gonna yeah. go for it. He's not gonna do it. What was your He's best great, um, celebrity experience on The Simpsons? Oh, they were all great. The weirdest. I I know that um, uh, John Bon Jovi said he wanted to do the show, mm-hmm. and then we came up with an idea and we sent it, and they rejected it. <laughs> we came up with another idea. We sent that in, and his manager said he says it. It seems like you're making fun of him. <laughs> we're like, has he seen the show? Yeah, right, right. <laughs> yeah, we were really surprised that George Lucas mm. let us um, make fun of him. Yeah, pummel mm-hmm. him uh, as we did. Um, he's got to be. He's got to know. I mean, I, when you get to that point, well, finish that sentence. Yeah, yeah. The best for me was, uh, you know, Mike and George wrote. Uh, uh, what I did on my strummer vacation, which mm-hmm. was when Homer went to rock and roll fantasy camp. And that was just like, what rock stars do you want to right. meet? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so meeting, uh, meeting, uh, meeting Elvis Costello for me, it was like ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Of course. Um, I had met him once and it was horrible. What happened? Um, uh, uh, well it wasn't, he was, I am as big a Elvis fan as, as there you can, right. you can be. And, I went to see him at Hollywood Bowl. No, I'm sorry. I went to see Bob Dylan at Hollywood Bowl. Mm-hmm. And at the time, my manager shared an office with Bob Dylan's manager. So I got to go backstage Ugh. at Hollywood Bowl. And Bob's manager, who I knew from being in the office all the time, said, uh, Hey, Dana, Elvis is here. You want to meet him? 
Yes, please. Yeah. <laughs> Just like that. I was like, uh, yeah. sure. Mm-hmm. And uh, it goes, okay, hang on. And this little British woman comes out and she goes, uh, are you the gentleman that Elliot told me about? I said, yeah, I'm Daniel. Great. She takes me backstage to the labyrinth of backstage tunnels at the mm-hmm. Hollywood Bowl, walks me into this room and there is Elvis holding court in front of like all of this LA music where there's like Larry Nectal and all of these just giant mm-hmm. studio musicians yeah. and, and, and his, and Cotter Rorden is standing with him. And this woman just cuts into the semicircle of people Drag, uh, drags me into the center of the circle, and I'm now I'm starting to be like no 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 no. You oh, yeah, you yeah, don't yeah. have to do yeah. this. We and don't. Yeah, goes, we don't have to interrupt church. For yeah, this. and she goes, Elvis, interrupts Elvis. Elvis, you have a fan who wants uh, to meet you. Oh no! It gets she better. You a fan. It gets better. Oh no! Dana Gould, an actor from Hollywood. Oh no! No! And I will say, heard he, of it? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You're standing in it. Uh, he was lovely mm-hmm. and I at Cotter Warden looked at me like she wished her fingers were made of knives and her hands were <laughs> and her hands was a and her hands were a gun and her yeah. fingers were knives that could shoot out of a gun. Mm-hmm. And uh a common wish. And yeah. uh he was lovely and I like crawled I'm so sorry I, I didn't want to not meet you given the opportunity but I didn't want to interrupt. Mm-hmm. And and he was sort of like you handle that well, get out. I mean, <laughs> right, <laughs> he didn't right. say that, but it was like, right. oh, great. So, so anyway, yeah. Uh, yeah and I kind of like snuck oh, out of there. Man. So then having, getting to meet him sort of like on my turf, like at the show mm-hmm. was great. And I, and I got to like chat with him for a while and mm-hmm. I never mentioned the ghastly time <laughs> oh, I met yeah. him. Um, so that was, that was really great. But yeah, mm-hmm. like we had Tom Petty, we had the, and then, uh, Keith Richards and Mick Jagger came, and so uh, that was footage great. of them in, yeah. the, in the booth is so funny. Yeah, uh, so did he tell you that? Did Mike tell you the the? Did he tell you that story? No, he told us a few things, but I don't think that. <laughs> no, I think I would have remembered. Um, that. Oh, this is no, this isn't the Simpsons. This isn't my um. This well, this is a different Rolling Stone story that has nothing to do with the Simpsons, but I'll tell it to you anyway. Yeah. Uh, uh, my friend Allie and Elliot uh, is friends of the Dust Brothers who mm-hmm. produced some stuff for the Rolling Stones. And they and then every day this van would come in with the Rolling Stones dinner and they'd bring out these from the Beverly Hills Hotel or wherever their private chef is. They'd pull out this table and linens and everything. Mm-hmm. And they sit down at the table and um, uh, uh, Keith Richards looks up from his dinner and he goes, <laughs> <laughs> And uh, Allie goes, what? I'm sorry, what? He goes, <laughs> And then Mick Jagger goes, he said, the art of eating. <laughs> what? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, of course. Oh, my God. Of course he did. I love, I love just the dynamic of, like, Mick being his handler. Like, yeah. His interpreter. He's the, he's the Keith Whisperer. Oh, that's so funny. He that's said, great. the art of eating. <laughs> and also something so poetic, too, to decipher from that. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, it was really, really oh, funny. Oh, man. Um, but yeah, uh, but no, REM were great. And then Mike and I had to write, um, a parody. We needed to write a song for REM. So we wanted to write parody lyrics to, uh, uh, it's the end of the world and we know it. And so we just wrote that together. And the only thing that I remember was, um, false, false modesty aside. Yeah. (laughs) Coming up with Herman Munster motorcade. (laughs) And, and both of us just 
giggling like idiots for like 20 minutes. Like it made no sense at all. Those are the best laughs, a, though. Yeah, no, it was God. great. Two grown men. Yeah. Two grown men, just ridiculous. <laughs> Herman, and it still makes me laugh. Herman Munster Motorcade. I feel like Flanders is a stupid joke. I feel like that's something that like actually happens in like Rosemead once a year. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, well, getting back to the episode, please. Um, I love uh, how uh, Moe's as M is illustrated with the rabbits dangling <laughs> from the ceiling. The Change out number seven was a really great joke. Yeah. <laughs> Dead rabbit in a harness. All the eyeballs. All the eyeballs. Yeah, I think you really nailed it. Oh, here's a funny, and here's a funny uh, sidebar that I might not be in the book. Cecil, mm-hmm. the doorman, mm-hmm. was my friend, who is now famous but wasn't then, uh, Greg Nicotero, who is now uh, oh, the executive yeah. producer of The Walking Dead. And one of their lead directors. Awesome. Yeah, he's just been a very, very, very good friend of mine for a long, long time. And I, um, I said, uh, uh, "Do you want to be in The Simpsons?" Mm -hmm. And uh, so he is. Yeah, Cecil the Doorman from Homer the Mo is The Walking Dead's Greg Nicotero. That's so funny. Yeah. Oh, that's great. I'll write it into the stuff you may have missed on this page. Yeah, that. But that's actually a a worthy, a worthwhile note now because he's like. Now he's like king shit of Turd Mountain. Right? I know, I know. Jeez, I'm sure Comic-Con was like a bank... Well, it's a bank holiday for everybody, but especially for him. <laughs> yeah, he... It's Well, it's exhausting. Yeah, yeah. Did you go? Do you go? Uh, I didn't go this last year, but I've gone like the five years before yeah. that. And, and then I went for my first time. Yeah, it feels kind of like Vegas now with sense. No, it is alone. Vegas. I actually yeah. haven't gone since it stopped being Comic-Con. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just like, um, you know, like hot girls for hire, handing out like weird DVDs and yeah. <laughs> do you know Dan St. Jermaine? Yeah. Mm -hmm. He, well, he didn't say this. Mike Lawrence said this, but I had Dan in my mind because they look alike. (laughs) Yeah. Mike Lawrence said this. The bros took it over. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. The Long Beach Comic Con is still all about the comics and the movies. Do you know um, Dan Klaus? Do you know who Dan? He wrote Eight Ball. Yeah. And um, yeah, when he said that they didn't have a place for them in the main hall anymore. I'm like, well, I'm not going to go. Yeah. It's the whole yeah. point. Yeah, I know. Now He's it's all tucked away. Yeah. Famous. <laughs> I know. I know. There is. I know. It's ridiculous. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. But yeah, no, when Greg goes to Comic-Con, it is, yeah, walking around Comic-Con the with Greg part. now is like, yeah, it's like yeah. walking around something with a very famous thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great analogy. <laughs> That's why you're such a successful writer. (laughs) Didn't just make that one up. Hey, if a listener wants to stitch that on a pillow, we will feature it on our blog. How about that? That we'll need to make, but it will get. We'll start a blog. We'll start a blog for you. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of other things. Um, uh, Then, yeah, the 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 turkey hunt at the end was a last minute. Yeah, it's uh, also about it's that. So Looney Tunes. Yeah. yeah, it gets very Looney Tunes. That was a last minute ad. We we literally didn't know how to end it. <laughs> yeah. It was like, well, it's a hunting club. They should go hunting. Yeah. I feel like Simpsons does that a lot, but but well, you know, that it yeah. takes that turn that is so swift. And like yeah. you described, it doesn't break it. Oh, yeah. Oh, one of the lines we had a big problem with in this episode is that ever since Chernobyl, my penis is falling off. I fucking but, loved yeah. that line. Yeah. Yeah. And I also wanted to comment that. Uh, and that line was written by uh, Carolyn Omine. That's one of the interesting things about The Simpsons is that your favorite lines from the show are often not. 
yours. Right. And they're often... My favorite line from one of my episodes, to this day, I don't know who wrote it. And mm-hmm. I Whoa. keep asking, who wrote that line? <laughs> um, I wrote an episode called... Um, was it not CE Doe? Papa's got a brand new badge. Mm-hmm. And it was all of the episodes that I wrote were based on my experiences as I, you know, went through my life. Yeah. And uh, I had bought, a, I believe Papa's got a brand new badge was the second episode I wrote. Uh, and I bought a house. And then it was my first experience with, well, you have to have home security. Yeah. Because there are people waiting to rob and murder you. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and so I had the idea of like, what if Homer and, and, you know, and you go there and it's like, they advertise, it's like, you know, $5,000 installation and mm-hmm. $19 a month and your family is safe. <laughs> and then you go there and they're like, well, what kind of, what kind of system do you want to get? Like, yeah. Well, the one you advertise would probably be good. Uh, okay. Can I ask you a question? Sure. Do you like rape? No. <laughs> well, let me show you this. Oh, no. <laughs> you know. Yeah, it's like uh, buying a cell phone plan now. Yeah, you don't have an ectoplasmic screen. What about the ghost war? I don't know. <laughs> about the ghost war. What are you going to do when the apes take over? I, I don't know. I, I figured they'd Welcome leave. them, probably. Yeah, I figured Learn they'd dominate them. me compassionately. Um, <laughs> Uh, so Homer took over, Homer started a, a, a West tech security company called spring shield. Mm-hmm. And in the commercial for spring shield, there's a woman and she go, and then a monster comes into her apartment and it's like a, a, a Maurice Sendak design. Uh-huh. And she goes, monster, monster. And then Homer comes out and, uh, and she goes, and I'm here all alone. And then Homer <laughs> comes out and goes, you're never alone with spring shield. And then the monster looks at Homer and goes, friend, <laughs> and goes, you always have a friend in spring shield. And he gives him his card. And the monster goes, monster put in wallet. And he takes out a wallet and he puts the card in the wallet. And I don't, and, and what is beautiful about it is it becomes a commercial. It starts as a commercial, but the monster doesn't know that it's in a commercial. <laughs> right, right. And it's a monster, I which we don't have a reality. Logic. We don't have a reality <laughs> uh, where monsters are real. And, yeah. uh, and I literally, like, I have no memory of when that joke went into the show. <laughs> and I literally went in the next day, like, who wrote that? Who wrote Yeah. And no one could remember. We think it was Tom Gamble. Mm. We're not 100%. Or an intern, probably. Or an intern. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, sometimes your favorite jokes from your favorite shows are not yours, mm-hmm. you know, and yours is in someone else's. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, there's a lot of that. I think of the of the episodes, of, of all of the episodes I, I wrote, Homer the Mo, I think, is the funniest. Yeah, um, I mean, it's jam-packed. Yeah. There's I don't think it's much. The, so much. I don't think it's the best, hmm. but I think it's the funniest. Hmm. Um, best I, in terms of what? Well, I think the best episode I wrote was Goo Goo Guy Pan, mm-hmm. which uh, I have a personal, you know, it's it's based on my trip to China to adopt m- my daughter. Uh, and, um, uh, and, and Ling Bouvier is my daughter as she was based the the design is yeah. my daughter's baby picture mm-hmm. my old my old oh yeah yeah my old my cute. oldest daughter i have i have uh, three and um and it's just very for that reason it has a lot of emotional resonance and it's the best story i think it's it starts off um 
it, it tells one complete story and I think it does a really good job. Mm-hmm. Um, it was not my idea to write that as an episode. <laughs> it was one of those things that was so close to me, it would have never occurred to me. Right, right. of course. Uh, and, uh, you know, I had come up with like, uh, Homer finds a magic hat. <laughs> and, then, uh, and Al Jean uh, said, uh, why don't you write one about going to China to adopt a baby? And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I can do that. <laughs> gotcha. No, no problem. No problem. But I just love like if, if you every day walking into the writer's room was opening up a notebook and all it is is like a list of Homer finds a magic hat, Homer finds a magic hat, it's just yeah. over yeah, and It's over. a Jack Torrance. <laughs> like so-and-so finds a magic hat. Yeah, yeah. We had Homer find a magic hat, but we didn't have Bart find it this season. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> Um, it'll, it'll be a runner. People will appreciate yeah. it. <laughs> but there are, but Homer the Mo, I think is one of those episodes that has a lot, there's a lot of, it's very dense. There's a lot of, uh, uh, of crazy, uh, crazy stuff in it. And, mm-hmm. and my, my favorite moment in the, in the whole show is Mo's reaction to, uh, his bartending teacher drowning. Where he just goes, <laughs> Oh, Oh, <laughs> oh, oh, yeah! Oh, he just goes on and on. I yeah. love it. It's, it's very real. I love it. Really and and that's one of that's a very beautiful Simpson sunset. That's also yeah. one of those beautiful. We gotta I love do the like way... a calendar of all the Simpsons sunsets. I think I people love the way the it. water dapples on it. So mm-hmm. I love that character. I'm mm-hmm. dying. Mo. Yeah, yeah. Oddly, George Plimpton ended up doing the show later, but he didn't huh. play himself. That's hmm. interesting. Was this yeah. a sound alike? It was. I believe it was Dan. Oh. Castellaneta. Oh, oh. I think if memory serves, Jack of it was all Dan. Trades, Dan Castellaneta. I believe it was, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, I just love how awful and horrible all the people are at M. They are very much like people that you encounter at any kind of Yeah, no, it's like it's actually not an exaggeration at all. At all. Mm-hmm. Those conversations are really things that you will hear in Silver Lake. Yeah, 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 it's, I'm sure. It's just so awful. Yeah. Oh, and that was it. It's funny because you say in Silver Lake because... The people at M are are based on a on a previous generation of hipster shithead, mm. right? Uh, that that is more of the long hair, turtleneck, right. cigar, and yeah. it'll come early back. millennial. Uh, and you're now in the Mumford and Sons beard. <laughs> oh God, Does yeah, it, yeah. It it's, it, but it's the same thing. It's the same thing, and it's, it's funny because thing. this this came out the same time as High Fidelity, which also has a really good scene of these people. Like, yes. The, well, the Tim Robbins scene. basically plays yeah. one of those. And people. all those friends, yeah. and it's just <laughs> no no people outside of yeah. actual bad people make yeah. me more mad. I love. <laughs> I was looking for this in the book. Uh, Russian model two says, <laughs> "All this yelling is taking away my horny." <laughs> and that's the last straw for Mo. <laughs> that's, that's it. That's it. But that's yeah, it. that mixed with the Chernobyl line. Yeah, and he's very good. concerned. He goes, "Oh, is it? Oh, oh, oh yeah." <laughs> I like him saying, "Is it too?" So yeah. cute. Yeah, Mo was my favorite character. Mo's a perfect character, yeah. and that actually because comes of my father. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to ask, well, one of our questions that we normally ask our guests is which uh, character do you identify with most or do you Mo. feel, yeah, most for? Mo. Yeah. Oh. Mo is very much a comedian. Yeah. You know? Well, like it's suicide like, for me. Yeah. I love he's that a, he's a, he's a, he's, Mo is very much a comedian. He's uh, a very... Uh, dysfunctional. He's uh, incapable of intimacy. Mm-hmm. He has he idea wants of this thing. He's cre- yeah, he wants it, but he can't. Doesn't know how to get it. He he exists in a very carefully controlled, structured environment. Um, yeah, yeah. I know a lot of people like Mo. Yeah, I know a lot of people like Mo. I'm proud to say I'm not one of them. But that <laughs> right. is absolutely the road uh, that I could have taken. <laughs> I've never 
thought of him as a comedian, but that's perfectly right on. And he's also, I mean, it's not that he's he winks the camera. Lecter. Yeah, yeah, but like he seems to be a little in on it more than another character or like yeah. the next character. Yeah, he's self-aware, which yeah, is something that's very yeah. charming about him. Yeah, yes. and rare in Springfield, you know, when you're surrounded <laughs> by Wiggums and, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. but he's also a prime adults. candidate for suicide. So. Yeah, yeah. And content with that choice. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. He's, he's fine. It's like a legitimate option in any yeah. situation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It could just happen. I'm surprised that in an episode about Mo, he's not the one that killed himself and someone else did. Right. That's pretty surprising to Right. Me. Well, you know. Then, he learns then they would have to commit to but it. But I wonder how many botched suicides he's Because I know he's had... Mm. Lots. Yeah. Yeah. I know he's had a lot. Some By all nerds. the exotic animals that he traffics. That's one of my favorite runners about his character. Like him carrying the whale across the field <laughs> or like the pandas. Yeah. Yeah. I What's think that came from the back movie. room. I think that was inspired by the movie The Freshman. Oh, yeah. That might have yeah. been that. I know that I gave him an attribute uh, based on somebody that I know. Uh, uh, where every day he wakes up, draws a wang on Marmaduke, and, <laughs> and, and then reads the paper. <laughs> that's great. Yeah, that's actually based on somebody that I know. <laughs> Doing what I always do, drawing a wang on Marmaduke. Uh, so do you have to deal with a lot of, uh, I mean, shouldn't say have to, but do you deal with a lot of Simpsons now that you're no longer writing on the show? I mean, obviously... We're hounding you down through our Simpsons podcast. I think I hounded you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there was hounding, and there was mutual hounding. Yeah. No, I. I, um, No, not at all. And um, no, but what is interesting is that you're still like part of the family. I realized that I didn't have a script of Goo Goo Guy Pan, Mm -hmm. uh, and. I wanted one to give to my daughter. You know, she's 13, and I wanted to put, like, the script and that photo Aww. of her yeah. side by side with Ling in a little so frame and, and, and give it to her. And uh, and so I just called up, and I just said, hey, this is Danny Gould, and I'm like, hey, what do you want? And I was like, can I get a script and a yellow script cover? And, yeah, when do you want to come... <laughs> When you want to come by, and you know, so it's like you're always, uh, you're always there. So it's just, which is really nice. And yeah. I've done, I've gone back once or twice to do uh, the odd voice here and there. Mm-hmm. Usually, if it's Don Knotts, it's me. Yeah. <laughs> no doubts. <laughs> How many times does Don Knotts appear in The Simpsons? Not enough. Not enough. Yeah. Well, he appeared as himself, mm-hmm. and then he passed, mm-hmm. and they brought him back uh as a as a voice of conscience for chief wiggum yeah that's so funny so, i i that like don knotts is a avenge me <laughs> wait are you a ghost now <laughs> 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 I love it. uh don knotts is like i have a memory of when i was a, little, a kid i kept realizing that i don't like the same things that kids like generally yeah and we drove past this car dealership uh, called Don Cotts and was like like Don Knotts you yeah. guys I had the same just, thing who, who yeah. cares yeah I watched Don Knotts that? movies as a kid yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. of course you did that's well, why we're friends yeah, uh, well, yeah. well Mike Scully friends. and I have uh, firmly held belief mm-hmm. uh, Ghost and Mr. Chicken painfully underrated movie yeah. yes <laughs> yeah in fact, on my birthday last year, we watched it on 16 millimeter oh right in that yard. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And good you live a good life. I do. I had, had great, had, had 
Took a while to get here. <laughs> and I think that they, I heard something about them like uh, doing a remake of The Incredible Mr. Limpet. Like, yeah, they were going to do that, I think, with Jim Carrey, and I don't think it ever came about. Yeah, I'm glad. I'm, I'm glad too. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, because when I heard that, I was, I don't, I'm not a huge fan of remakes, but that in one in particular, I don't think could work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe Tim Burton will ruin it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, With boy. Johnny Depp as Yeah, Donald. yeah. I once said uh, Johnny Depp is becoming the Daniel Day-Lewis of shitty movies. <laughs> <laughs> well, someone said, and you might even know who said this. It was on a Twitter feed, but someone said, I can't wait for Tim Burton's next movie. Johnny Depp in a hat. <laughs> <laughs> I love it so much. And yet he made one of my favorite movies of I all know. time. I know, yeah. I know. He, I mean, there are a lot of really good Tim Burton movies at the yeah. beginning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think Mr. is great. I'm, I'm uh, big, out I, I really like Big Eyes. Yeah, yeah. I like Big Eyes. Surprisingly, mm-hmm. Big Eyes is good. Well, because it was the writing team. All right, yeah, we'll, have him, we'll have him on the podcast. We'll have him on Tim Burton <laughs> if you want to. I can get. You, I can. Well, I can get you, Scott Larry. I can. Okay. Get you. <laughs> yeah. Hey, we'll take anyone. I mean, as evidenced by the fact that. You're here. <laughs> uh, well. Do you have any closing thoughts that you could give us on this episode or your time on the show? Um, I, you know, it's funny, but we were talking about this earlier. Uh, I, I said, uh, you know, it's so funny that you guys have so much knowledge about something that was just my job. <laughs> right. And even the greatest job in the world is your job. And so I think, you know, it's funny. I, I was so close to it mm-hmm. that... I don't think about it that much because it was just like my job, you know? Um, uh, And my daughter, my oldest uh, daughters are really into Bob's Burgers. Mm -hmm. And then I showed them Goo Goo Guy Pan and then they got they like this show's great because oh, they so hadn't funny. really because they hadn't really watched it because I right. I why am I going to watch it I've seen yeah, right. whatever exactly. episode is on I've seen yeah. forty times yeah uh, and so that was really it was that's like so oh that's sweet. so funny so mm-hmm. uh, they have very really um, um, not the baby obviously but uh, they have really <laughs> good senses of humor mm-hmm. and uh, and so that was uh, that was really gratifying. Yeah, um, I mean, yeah. what a special moment. What yeah. a rare special moment. You know, yeah, they 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 really love the uh, rainbow tiered crying dragons. <laughs> yeah. that was based on Spirited Away. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah, and you know, in in talking to people that have worked on The Simpsons, um, it's actually been kind of comforting to because I, I guess for me, I thought that uh, the Simpsons writer's room uh, lived on Mount Olympus. And, you know, you just... Have you ever been there? (laughs) Yeah. It's a dump. I know. No, no, I know. But, like, in your head, you're like, oh, my favorite show... Everyone, you know, it looks like the offices at an auto body. Right, right. No, but it's been re- it's been reassuring. I mean, and and that it's it's just a place, and the people yeah. that work on it are just people, and yeah, yeah all of that. It just makes it Did easier. Sal- who who brought over Salman? Um, I, w- I went to a table read uh, a couple okay. months ago. Yeah. Um, it's in Shirley uh, Shirley Temple's old schoolhouse. Oh, is That's it? Did you, did you look That's... at any of the stuff that they were showing around? They had a bunch uh, of Shirley Temple stuff. Oh, really cool. no. I was looking at the floor and not making <laughs> eye contact with anyone. Oh, that's ridiculous. <laughs> I know. I was just trying to not. Well, well, well the table room was in the trailer, and then did you. 
go back was, to the did you go to the room after oh no i'm i just uh i mean the trailer what do you mean like the where the table read was they mm-hmm. usually have them in that uh uh, that room with a big conference table. And oh, yeah. Chairs. That's yeah. the only place I went to. Oh, you should go to the writer's room. Okay. I'll take you over. Okay. <laughs> I think that's a great Well, idea. I knew there was a reason why we started this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and that's that. Bye. <laughs> Uh, well, thank you very much for doing the show. Thank you very much for putting up with my animals. <laughs> <laughs> they were great. Um, where can people find you online? Uh, check me out at uh, <laughs> uh, the classic podcast question. Dana Gould and all permutations uh-huh. on all fl- on Dana. <laughs> they should if they can't figure it out. No, I want to get the word right. Uh, <laughs> Dana Gould and all permutations on all platforms. Ooh, have Beautiful. you said that before? No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. In all media in perpetuity. It's beautiful. <laughs> Great. Uh, and we, will, <laughs> we will see you next week. All right. Bye.